The deal is this. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, the red dropper and turn wheels and all this wheel. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, the red dropper and turn wheels and all this wheel. Wheel, 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 wheel. They are pissed. Wheel, 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 wheel. They are pissed. Time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magicians. I'm Jeremy Greer, and I'm Gary Butterfield, and this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are covering X Men comics. We are currently at the very beginning of New X Men by Grant Morrison. Uh, we finished the E is for Extinction arc. We're introduced to our going to be what it's going to be our overarching villain for the most part, Cassandra Nova, uh, and we are have been introduced to our team of X Men, and uh, we are on mm-hmm. our first annual issue. Um, yeah, to be introduced to our other main villain. Absolutely. Of this arc. I mean, um, of uh, two two other main villains, actually. Yeah. <laughs> of this arc. So, the, um, yeah, the, the, the three pillars of the, villainhood. Uh, just want to, just um, a quick note, if you're reading this on Marvel Unlimited, uh, like this, it, it's weird. Me and Gary were just talking about the weird way that they do annuals or like giant size issues. They're listed as a different series. So if you're reading along, like you will need to, it's not in the new X-Men section. It's in the new X-Men annual section where there's only one issue because Marvel are just fucking weird about things sometimes. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to put stuff, all of that stuff up. We have a schedule page on the website. So days of slash schedule. I was actually in the middle of typing all of this stuff out. So to, if you are curious about where we're going to be and when you can go there. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause right, right now everything is fitting pretty evenly, like doing the intro episode in a three issue arc, very mm-hmm. even this episode annual and a three issue arc very even in the future it's going to get a little bit more you know tricky in terms of sessions and stuff so it'll be useful to have that guide yeah um jeremy astute listeners to the show will know this is not the first time the u-men have shown up that's true uh, on this podcast that's true yeah uh, if uh, if you listen to the diggy duck bundle because it's covering the absolutely abyssal uh x-men anime <laughs> They also said that they were the U-Men for some reason, uh, but they just wanted to have giant robots because it's a horrible cartoon. Yes. Um, and that's um, something that the U- U-Men does pretty well is giant, horrible looking robots. So that fit in. Yep. <laughs> it was a perfect Just imagine fit. them without a philosophy or uh, without dialogue. And that's or, the X-Men anime version of them. Or any character whatsoever. I guess that covers yeah. dialogue, but like, yeah. Just, yeah. just two weird generic villains who like look like they escaped from a Metal Gear game, basically, uh, in the anime. And here we actually get our good boy. Uh, john sublime yes uh who i i like as a villain quite a bit everybody who came um afterwards who did stuff with this character sucked i felt like they didn't understand it mm-hmm. like they didn't actually get what sublime was which is one of the big reveals uh for the end of this whole run when we do get to the future like the the dark sentinel future arc of this this is um, also going to introduce a, a pretty controversial character in zorn uh, yes yeah yeah zorn is super interesting to me because uh i didn't know it, like again I, like just reading this out of context like uh 
you know, you just, you get here and you're like, oh, this is Zorn. He's a super powerful mutant. And then like the stuff that happens with him throughout the rest of the series is so interesting and weird. And then there's this huge twist and I'm going to be really, I haven't gotten there in my reread yet, but I'm going to be curious how that twist lands for me now, because back then it was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And I kind of still feel like it doesn't make any sense. So I, I bet you it'll land better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I, I have on reread, I have appreciated it. Um, and when they start introducing the foreshadowing, which is not um, necessarily super evident in this issue, like the foreshadowing is stuff where it's like the things that happen in this are not incompatible with the twist. Um, the uh, but when they start introducing that, it is actually pretty good. Um, the uh, the other thing I thought the thing I thought you were going to say when they t- you talked about introducing Zorn is that like Zorn uh, is unique to this run and unique to this arc. Um, has a big payoff whether it works for you know an individual reader or not. Uh, but then there's this huge controversy where like Marvel liked the character and character design and said, actually, nope, uh, undo that twist. Um, there actually is a Zorn. He has a twin brother. Um, they're both. So for a little while, they were, did a bunch of work to undo all this stuff. <laughs> Jesus I don't know if you've read any gross. of those comics. No, I haven't. Um, I've, I've, I've read comics with, with Zorn in them, like past this. Right. And just yeah. like, he's just a dude like with a power. Like, I think he was on one of the X-Force runs that I was reading for a while. It's um, so lame. Like, yeah. and, and Grant Morrison hated it. Like he was like really mad about it and I'm really mad about it. And it's so dumb. <laughs> um, there's like, there's a part, one of them, I think one of the, the comics where this stuff happens is in, um, Brian Bendis's new Avengers uh, run. There's mm-hmm. an arc where there's like a big evil Zorn uh, kind of thing. Like a guy, <laughs> a guy in Canada who gets everyone's powers explodes and he just screams Zorn. <laughs> a point. And it's one of the worst comics I've ever read. And I always thought it, I I'd never forgot that comic because uh, Brian Bendis taught at PSU when I was going there. And he, he taught a class on making graphic novels. And to get in the class, you had to write him like a personal essay, like basically just like demonstrating your dedication, you know? And I just wanted to be like, dog, I've read that whole Zorn thing. Like, I'm not going to like beg to have you teach me how to write graphic <laughs> novels. Like, I have read some absolutely atrocious comics from you. Like, I'm not going to undignify myself just to be in the same room with you. That, uh... you know? And I was just thinking about that class and just everyone just like bending over backwards to S that dude's D. And just, uh, I'm glad I did not do it. That, that, so. that Zorn yell reminds me of, uh, that thing that goes around from Xena on the internet quite a bit where the guy read the, the direction, the stage direction. Oh, from, uh, Hercules. Dis- Hercules. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. yeah. Disappointed. The, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was me when I, they had that Zorn twist. <laughs> Disappointed Gary. Um, um, do you want to, before we get into this, do you want to yeah. talk about, this is our first guest artist. Do you want to talk about, uh, uh, Lionel you I I you have summed up all of my knowledge about Lionel you so <laughs> Lionel you sure go ahead Gary <laughs> um, well just I, I don't know anything about the biography um, mm-hmm. I just in general I think this is pretty good um, it reminds me a lot there's a there's an indie artist named Frank Gary mm-hmm. who does the same kind of horizontal lines yeah. um, on everything like the kind of the spe- very specific kind of shading yeah uh, this guy does. I think uh, it's really interesting to kind of see that in a big superhero thing. I think some of his blocking is not great. There are a couple of scenes where it's kind of hard to tell what things are in relation to each other. Yes. Which is super important in comics. I was I was but going in, to bring that up. Like some of the action in here is a little muddled for me. We're like, messy. What just happened? Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I like it a lot. Like it's it's kind of messy in a way that I, I really enjoy and think works really well for like this kind of story um, where, mm-hmm. you know, the X-Men are doing some X-Men shit and like it's going to get a little messy sometimes. It's gritty. Yeah. yeah. 
This is a gritty ass story. So the uh, um, just to talk about it a little bit, like the cover is really bad though. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it's like a pencil sketch. It's yeah, not, it's it's weird yeah. that they like it's a, it's a it's a pretty basic setup, but like it's just a like it's just it doesn't feel finished at all, which is kind of surprising. Mm-mm. Yeah, it looks it, this looks like fan art to me. Mm-hmm. Like somebody streamed this on Twitch, <laughs> like doing this with a with a Wacom tablet. Yeah, but were they wearing a bra like or were they not wearing a bra? Uh, so <laughs> ASMR, you know, you uh, draws the cover to X Men Annual two thousand one. I don't know if you um, have you seen that controversy or not with the people yelling at women for not wearing bras yeah. on Twitch. Yeah, what a fucking yeah, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's gross. That's uh, disgusting. Um, the other thing too that is worth noting is the aspect ratio of this. Yes, this is a horizontal comic, sixteen by nine. No, um, yeah. <laughs> the, um, yeah, Disney Plus fucked up this Marvel property as well. <laughs> it's uh, so the, like it is. It is you read it sideways. Um, so everything is kind of widescreen, which like works okay. I don't. I don't think it adds too much. It feels a little gimmicky to me, but it's um, it's know. a little gimmicky. I um, uh, I will say this: like just reading this on an iPad, that because my iPad has the ability to stand up on its own, like horizontally. This just makes it real easy mm-hmm. to read. <laughs> like I can breeze through this thing real quick. Oh yeah, um, easier to read than in comic form, where you're like laying the comic down and like flipping it up like a calendar. Yes, you know, yes, so. uh, absolutely. Uh, and it's not like. Uh, a lot of times, especially on tablets, I find like the the screens, the the two page spreads are a little busy, and you kind of have mm-hmm. to zoom in to see text and everything. Um, but like this yes. feels a lot like it, they they specifically made everything kind of big. I don't know how this looked like in a in an actual issue format because like I would assume that those, that middle binding would really get in the way. Like even on the first page, or like it would seem mm-hmm. like the central like Zorn's head would be right in that middle of that page. So, like hey, thanks for the staple. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And in the big um in the big like thick hardcover that I had this in, it was so obnoxious. Like it just like was not easy to read. So yeah, that's general, the don't experiment with format. That's the like, I don't I don't know if something worked for. The entire history of comics, maybe leave it. <laughs> so. And it's a page. They call it a page <laughs> yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we let's start into it. We uh we are introduced to Zorn, and he's basically a dude that has many, many chains wrapped over him, and he's got like this iron uh helmet that's also attached to a bunch of tubes and everything. And someone mm-hmm. off pa- off panel is saying, Zorn, you have a new mas- master now. So yep. like you get the idea that like this dude is super powerful and super dangerous and also super uh, imprisoned. Yes. Yep. He looks like um, the anima seven summon from final fantasy 10 sort of. Okay. Um, you play, you, you've played a lot more final fantasy than I have. So I, I have to my chagrin. <laughs> um, the, uh, so we're kind of introduced to our, our primary kind of antagonist uh, for this. And what we're dealing with is uh, the Chinese government, you know, um, and how they kind of treat mutants. Uh, there is a general uh, here uh, who is named later, um, but he is basically a broker for mutants, selling them to somebody over Skype uh, named John Sublime. Yes. Uh, and this is the first appearance of John Sublime. I like to think that they use Slack video conferencing because, you know, it's private. That's <laughs> probably. They're probably not using Skype. <laughs> Slack didn't even exist back then. I just think that's funny. Like, get, get, yes. get, 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 <laughs> send this send John Sublime an, e, an invite to my Slack, my Patreon Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and they do a demonstration to show Zorn's powers. So they uh, everybody puts on these lead eye shades, and then they unlock part of uh, his helmet and have him look at two children, and they are just literally liquefied. Um, so like yep. the the power that he has in his head is uh, like just will literally 
just it, it, they even say like it could have powered cities everywhere but they chained him up and locked him up and now it's just dangerous yeah now he's a weapon yeah and there's a great little detail here um they talk about the uh the subjects you know he's talking about the test subjects they has and he's like oh we didn't need her we just need our hands which introduces the human concept and when it shows the two test subjects one of them has bandaged hands like he's missing her hands what a bummer uh, they stole them because they had eyeball laser eyeballs in the palms <laughs> What a cool power. The, um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah exa- exactly. Like the uh, little, little side uh, thing. And it's introduced to the U-Man's entire steez. Like their, their whole bit is that they are transhumanists uh, who harvest mutants for parts uh, to become mutants. So you graft on, you know, the idea being is that if you put Cyclops's eyes into your eyes, you'd have Cyclops's powers. Absolutely. Which is definitely the way it works. Um, mm-hmm. Also in the background of a lot of these panels, there's these giant robots that we mentioned earlier. Uh, they're not robots. Yep. They're people in robot suits. Well, that we'll we'll explain as we get there, like what their what their deal is. Uh, but they, these are just people in weird robot suits that are kind of doing John, John Sublime's bidding on his behalf. Yes. Yep. Um, the uh, so we're, we're introduced to the, the uh, general is named Oyan. Uh, his his name Aoyan. I don't know how to pronounce A O. I assume it's Oyan. Somewhere Mai is pounding a, 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 her motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, Mai. Um, when I was the, covering uh, this, Cowboy Bebop, like I was trying to pronounce like writers' names and everything, and every time I was like, "I'm so sorry, Mai. I'm so sorry." Yeah, <laughs> Mai, Mai, Mai is going to murder us. The um, so we we're introduced. We get our title page. Page. Uh, the name of the story is "The Man from Room X." Yes. Um, and we're introduced to a, a subplot that's going to be a really important part of this whole arc, which is Emma Frost uh, flirting about or flirting with uh, Cyclops, trying to seduce Cyclops. Um, which is just, uh, you know, and also kind of getting to the, the root of Cyclops' marriage problems mm-hmm. here. Um, so our team in this is going to be Wolverine, Cyclops, Emma, and Beast. And they, yeah. are, they have been dispatched out here to because a mutant has died and they're going to the funeral. Um, <clears throat> this Emma relationship is, is, is like, I just love the fact that she just needles him constantly. Like it's, it's throughout this book and throughout the series. Like she kind of takes it as a challenge. Like you were so stuck up. Like, I just want to break you a little bit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, like one of the things I love about this run is the way that Grant Morrison expresses these characters sense of humor, even Cyclops, you know, very dry. Like I'd be flattered by that. If I didn't remember all the times you tried to kill us. You know, there, there's just kind of a dry sense of humor to all of these people. Uh, Wolverine, like, lighten up, we're going to a funeral. Yeah. You know? Um, and we find out what they're doing is there's a, a character named Risk, who I swear is familiar to me. Like, I've seen Risk in, like, a, you know, official handbook to the Marvel Universe or something. I was definitely um, pronouncing who, that Risque, which I guess probably should not. <laughs> oh, it could be. Like, I, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know. AKA um, the glamorous Risque. That probably sounds like... <laughs> That's she's, she's yeah. I don't know what, what <laughs> do they even say what her mutant power was? I think they do at some point, but um, she yeah, she creates like little like black holes, like little hyper dense little energy bits. Interesting. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, I barely remember it. Um but this is this is introducing us to um you know, a couple I you know, they're they're meeting with their liaison here, um, which is Domino. Um, comics Domino. Uh and the idea is they run these X Corporation uh things. This is one of those things that is left over from um the run before this with banshee it was called the x core like corpse uh core but uh charles xavier is rebranding them as x corporation and that is going to allow us um on this run to kind of globe trot like whenever um the x-men are in a city there is a local office of x-men that is like let's throw some new mutants and x-force on the case yeah um here here's here's four members of x-factor let's go you know and uh they kind of run the local office yeah um 
Domino kind of fills them in on the local situation that ever since uh, the mutants began appearing, the Chinese government has not really been into this at all. In fact, they've just been killing the babies at birth. So like mutants aren't even allowed to exist in China. Um, this, you know, and, and then of course Domino is like, Oh, Hey, like, and this is going to be very complicated. This is, <laughs> then you open up an X corporation and Charles Xavier announces that he's a mutant. Like shit is going to go crazy. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> not good. You know? Um, and it's basically, it was just the, the two of them, mm-hmm. you know? So it was just this, this tiny little flyby night thing. Domino is resentful of it. I love this line where she's like, yes. we were given the mandate to monitor the mutant rights violations in, and I quote Asia, <laughs> which is, is a continent. Uh, this is a huge amount of uh, space for two people. Yes. Um, so th- they were tracking some mutant rights violations. Um, and, uh, they found, uh, you know, the risk had a risk. A had gone to, um, one of the people who near her where she died was associated with sublime, uh, pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the, you know, the idea is she was into some shit. She had uncovered something and was murdered for it. Oh, here's her mutant risk. I could, uh, implode things with her mind. And, yeah. um, interesting enough that the police believe she may have, she may have used it in self-defense, like actually killed herself so that they couldn't take her powers or take her organs or whatever. So yeah, yeah. super fucked uh, up. <clears throat> yep. Um, you know, uh, we, we see John sublime has a book, um, the third species. So this is kind of like the Dianetics of this it's a little bit of a cult we cut over to him giving a seminar um basically laying out the human philosophy yes um you know and there's a little bit of like so the idea is you know we're we're humans you know mutants born in a human body you know that's borrowing some language of some gender identity stuff that is probably not great um you know maybe the language would be a a little bit different if this didn't come out in 2001 sure you know that's something i noticed just on reread i was like ah you know that's a little like identify as a attack helicopter kind of stuff you know to me like i, I wish yeah. the language was a little bit different yeah uh, and, and again like just you know a 20 year old comic at this point like that doesn't excuse anything but um, i'm also no. like the fact that they don't lean into that like they don't ever like try to compare themselves to you know j- no, in, no, no, to no. a trans person or in any of this they, they they use that kind of language a little bit but it's and they're explicitly evil like there's no well what if they're right kind of bullshit going on so like that 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 to me kind of gives this whole thing a pass and I, i'm willing well, to, to look past it they're explicitly it's a it's a grift too yeah like in this which which i don't think says anything about actual like trans people i think that the idea here is that this guy is co-opting language mm-hmm. you know in order to create this cult in order to further his own ends which we'll later find out like 30 issues down the road uh he is a sentient bacteria virus <laughs> thing and you know his own ends are are pretty alien and weird um so and we also uh, we were introduced to these robots uh, that call themselves Homo Perfectus or the self mutated, and basically yeah. their whole steez is we refuse to touch the any of the ground or breathe the air of this world until we uh, get the rights to be able to dictate our future, our genetic future, um, yeah. which is fucking crazy. Like, don't what? Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> and and one of the things I love about this run in general, and just like a really cool thing about the human, I think one of the things that makes them awesome villains is that uh, there's tons of relevant detail about how tough and horrible this is for them. Um, like, their their organs get rejected. Like, they're constantly on immunosuppressants to, uh, you know, so the, the, their body doesn't spit out these eyes that are not theirs. You know, there, there's all this, like, oh, once my wing grafts heal, I'll be able to do this. Like, there's this weird, like, kind of naivete to these people. It made me think of, like, recruiting incels. Sure, yeah. For, for some reason, you know? Like, I imagine the people who are... Uh, were recruited into this cult 
basically are, uh, you know, desperate, vulnerable loners, essentially. Um, and so he has he has this book, and he's basically calling themselves the third species. For so there's humans, there's mutants, and now there's this the third species. Um, then we get in kind of the the first big action scene of the book. Um, Domino and Wolverine are preparing to uh, kind of infiltrate this party. Uh, they were introduced mm-hmm. to um, this dude who, uh, or the general that we saw earlier, yeah, Ojon. Uh, but we now we know his mutant power, which is <laughs> any any hair, skin flakes, or dandruff become a short-lived, totally naked, briefly conscious Ojon Gollum. Like he just yeah. spawns his own shitty golems wherever he He's goes. He's the worst multiple man. Jesus like, Christ. Like it's like Gattaca multiple man. Can you fucking like, imagine yeah, having yeah. to deal with this, my man? Like oh they're, my they're God. so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like they're like the Avenger Brothers clones. Yes. When they're all gummy. hundred percent. You yeah. know? <laughs> like just being followed around by a bunch of gummy versions of you. You know, uh and that's why, you know, we'll find out this comes later, but just, you know, to lay the background, like that is why he is in this little remote corner babysitting Zorn. Yeah. Uh the government does not care for mutants. The official position is no mutants are on the payroll, so he has been basically exiled. Yes. It's the equivalent of like giving him a post in Siberia. Uh or what have you. Um so they're they're talking uh, they're talking about this this assault. They're talking about um Scott. Like basically, you know, and one of the things I like again, you know, I'm just talking tons of sugar about this run because I love it, is that uh in a movie you would show that Scott Summers is uptight by like vocal performance. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the acting job might get it across here. They can't do that. Um, and they don't want to do internal monologue. They don't want to have thought bubbles. So they have characters refer to it. Right. So every character who has been around Scott Summers recently has been like, God, what's going on with that guy? You know, and that is a really good way to express like, oh, his like posture, his tone of voice, everything about him is uncomfortable. Like something is wrong. We don't want to just like have him think, God, I'm worried about my wife and stuff. We want to have his friends react around him. Yes. You know, so so Domino is like, oh, like, what's going on with him? He has a gigantic stick, stick up his ass. And Logan basically goes to bat for him. Like, hey, being taken over by one of the most evil things in the world is no joke. Um, he's ha- he's barely holding it together. I like this that right now he's clinging to sanity with his teeth gritted. Um, yeah, yeah. Like that's I mean, that's just like he's he came out of this horrible thing and like Logan has experience with being experimented on or possessed or any of this stuff. So he knows what that's like. And he actually goes to bat for somebody that he's traditionally had a, a rivalry with, right? Like he's mm-hmm. had, uh, and disagreements with for him being like by the book summers and, and Logan but respects. Not, yeah. But abs- you know? has a mutual respect for it and an appreciation for it at this point. And I just, you know, very small details like that in this comic just really kind of make these characters shine. It makes you like, Again, they exist when they're not on the page. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that this comic does more, worse, better than almost anything out there. Yep. Um, they're getting ready to break into this building. Uh, Logan smells that Domino is horny. Like, what are we on? Page 11. Great. Look yeah. at all of this detail. We're doing good. Page 12. I can yeah. smell your horny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Comic uh, books, man. Bub. Bub. <laughs> you horny, bub. Uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, do you need some company after this? Uh, you know, and uh, basically they, they plan to, to have a have a bang uh, afterwards. Um, you know, have a bang. I think that's what the kids are. Definitely. On mm-hmm. sex now. You know, they're just going to Cerebro and chill. Slap and salami. Uh, <laughs> Cerebro <laughs> and chill is very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so they dive down there. We cut down. Uh, Sublime has shown up here. Like he's previous to this, he was Skyping. Now he is there. Yes. Uh, 
and uh they're they're basically just having a grotesque villain off uh here <laughs> you know i like this a lot his his yeah. little like ajan's little golems are so fucking disgusting in this like and there's so yeah, many yeah. of them like and it looks like sublime is just looking around like can you please get these guys away from me yeah yeah uh just really disgusting you know and uh he's giving you know, all this money uh John, so he says, like, oh, with all this money, I'm gonna be, people are gonna mistake me for a capital for a capitalist. Uh, and he says, my fantasy is to have two white girls wrestle in crude oil until they suffocate like dolls on the beaches of Kuwait. Wow, uh, which is you know, <laughs> extremely uh, specific. And then um, you know, immediately, John Sublime's like, yeah, mine's worse. Um, you know, I, I've, to, uh, you know, I've, I've, we're often prudes on this podcast. Um, oh, and, sure. And we talk about super horny stuff all the time. Um, mm-hmm. When I was reading this today, I, I was like are 13 year olds reading this? Like, what is the, what, like what, what's the audience for this comic book in 2001? Like we're 13 year olds reading about like two white girls wrestling in crude oil. Like what is that? Is that okay? (laughs) Parents? And comics have generally like, I think that the average age for like comics have always been considered to be for like teenage boys. Mm -hmm. And then in real life, it's always skewed a lot older. Yeah. Like ever since the the seventies and eighties, you know, and that's one of the things that Grant Morrison wanted to undo was like making this cool for kids again. But I do think that the average age of this book was probably us, yes. you know, and I was 21 when this came out and yeah. I was probably yeah. the target audience for it. Uh, also like seeing just, you know, new X-Men annual 2001. I'm like, fuck, that's half my life ago. Uh, that does not feel right. <laughs> no, so, definitely not. Um, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, there have been 19, not 11. No, I remember. Let's not go. To that. Yeah. Ugh. Um, um, Domino is kind of overhearing all of this, um, but she is quickly attacked by the leftovers of Ojean, which I guess is what mm-hmm. you would call him. And she's able to activate her weird contact lens that gives her laser abilities. Like she has some weird contact lens that is super powered. So she, yeah. uh, and she talks about, like she almost shot off my own left nipple. Like why is, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, what that line is doing there. Yeah. Um, again, just trying to like banter. Yes. I guess. She gets to the security system. Um, she's seeing them, uh, you know, start to make their way down in this underground lab or what have you, and then catches over where uh, Wolverine has broken into the party like James Bond, uh, dressed up in his patch uh, tuxedo. The one, um, right? Yeah, the, the one. The single yep. one. <laughs> Never been washed, bub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still got the cuts from Sabretooth, bub. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and again, uh, Aujun and, uh, uh, Sublime are just kind of, you know, going back and forth. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we say, Hey, I've heard that these U men live in agony, you know, their graphs get rejected and, and Sublime basically just like deflects everything, you know, no direct answers for this whole thing. And importantly, they are, uh, securing the keys to Zorn, like Zorn's, all of Zorn's like metal gear, metal, metal gear excuse me yeah. um all of zorn's yes. <laughs> like padlocks and bullshit like they're they're securing these keys into a uh, a computer that re that does a bunch of fancy shit so they can't the, the code can't be broken um mm-hmm. and that's when aljan recognizes that uh wolverine is in the crowd but re- doesn't recognize him necessarily but says like mm-hmm. you, we didn't invite you here who are you and that's when wolverine attacks and causes this massive distraction which allows um domino to sneak in and steal zorn's keys I was just thinking about, so he, he fights, uh, he slices across two of these golems, mm-hmm. but they're wearing clothes Yes, and they're like barely holding it together. They're like really disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I just was thinking about whether Ajin has to dress them or whether they can dress themselves. 
The idea of him like putting a sweater on these things is really disgusting to me. Super gross. Like, and like, does yeah. like does he once they dissolve because they're short lived? Like once they die, does he does he have to then undress them or does he just like 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 knock some skin off of his finger? Like okay, those are your clothes. Yeah, I don't Get them. <laughs> they just uh, collapse into slime like the end of Gremlins, Gremlins two rather. You know, or, you know, just it's disgusting. This place is so nasty. The uh, I, I do like this this kind of splash page we get of Wolverine chopping through all of these dudes. Like this is this is good quality Wolverine content where all of these guys are in like three piece cuts, right? Yeah, like he's yeah. just leaving a trail of destruction behind them. And then Domino is like, "The Wolverine is coming to get you." Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. You know, Wolverine just cutting through all these uh, these people. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the team um, are going down uh, investigating uh, where Risk died. Yes, uh, here. And uh, Emma kind of detects something beneath them, and it's kind of she's like, "Whoa, this this is this is extremely weird." Uh, and then Beast is like, "Yeah, something smells really bad, and there's some kind of concealed entrance." And Scott blows it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they find uh, this really, really horrible, uh, like mutant holding cell where they're holding these mutant slaves, eventually to sell and cut apart. Um, there's this like crazy caterpillar girl. Definitely uh, a crony here. here. Yeah, totally Cronenberg. Really, really, like, terrifying body horror stuff. And saying in Mandarin, like, help, they took my wings away. You know, so this is the organ farm where the U-men are getting their stuff. I think that positioning this annual here, because the next main arc of the story we're going to talk about is dealing with the U-men. And I think this is really, really necessary so you can know that they're unrepentant assholes. Yes. You know, like, uh, some of the individual characters do have, like, a little bit of sympathy to them. You know, there's a part where, like, they, the, the mask is taken off. They're like, please, this is my religion, you know, and you, you might have a, a pang of sympathy. But they are, they are definitely just trafficking in, in blood and misery. Like, these are, these are good fucking villains. Yeah, these, this is, these are pieces of shit. Like, you're not going to feel bad yeah. if any of them die. Um, on the next page, we get back to Wolverine and Domino. Wolverine's telling her, like, you need to get Zorn's keys. And she's like, I already did it. Guess what? It just happened to be the same number as my ex-boyfriend's telephone number. Like, yeah. just, she's just lucky that way, uh, which is, you know, we talked a lot of sugar about Domino and, and I almost called it X-Force and Deadpool 2. Uh, and like, just, and here's the same way. Like, a luck power is one of the coolest things ever. Like, it just, you can mm-hmm. do so many crazy cool things with it. And sure enough, like, they have to book it out of a window because they're getting shot at and there just happens to be a pool right below them. Yeah. Yeah, really great. Um, we cut back over to the, the B-team, who's underground. Uh, Beast is trying to comfort Caterpillar Lady, but he can't speak her language. Um, and he, he wants to save her life. She recently had her wings cut off. Um, but then the U-Man come up and uh, shoot uh, Beast with these like spinning blades that come out of the end of this gun. It looks extremely cool. Yes. And yep. we have our fight down here. Yes. Um, the first thing that happens is Cyclops like blast one of their helmets off and this guy starts freaking out because he's breathing the air. And then Emma comes up in her organic diamond form looking fucking terrifying and is like yeah, organic yeah. diamond grill drill real frail human skull yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see where like this organic is diamond uh drill like at drill yeah. uh, <laughs> organic diamond went uh, drill but for like uh you know k diamonds commercials is what you're going for there yeah, the um love x drill um so they're, they're getting some information basically so they have the key and they're getting the information uh, basically where where zorn is and where they're actually doing this vivisection yes uh, stuff um so. we're back to headquarters uh beast is chilling watching some star wars which is an important detail i think mm-hmm. yep. um 
Yeah. And everybody is kind of debriefing about this, discussing what they're going to do now. They're basically having this X-Men, you know, Emma's like, we have to kill him because Emma's right. But stuff, uh, you know, not the X-Men inc- incrementalist that the rest of the team is. Uh, and Scott's like, let's explore some other options. Emma, can you get a psychic read off this key? Um, and this is something where, um, you know, once we know the twist of this key, like all of this is planned by Zorn. Yes. We don't know that yet. But the idea here is so like you have to kind of just assume that uh, the person who is Zorn, which I don't know why I'm dancing around it, but I am, um, would you know knows somebody who could make this this key that would give a false psychic impression. That doesn't feel impossible. You know, this is a trap. So when she picks it up, she sees uh, Zorn, this version of Zorn's origin story, which is just a kid uh, in the field. He has a little star for a head um, and it is uh, it's really horrible. It's yes. it's very like, you know. Uh, he should have been a genius. He should have been a Buddha. He was born in the wrong place in the wrong country, and they built a prison around him. I, a couple of small details uh, on the headquarters scene. I just mm-hmm. like in the top left. I I love like the way they're drawing Cyclops' pose, where his like feet are outstretched in a V, and his like one one arm behind his back in rigid posture. Right, like it's just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. then in, in the scene where he's holding the keys, like you see a logo in his shirt, and it's like branded X wear. <laughs> like X wear, man. <laughs> the. Uh... And yep. and Gary, I'm, with, I'm almost forty years old. <laughs> I would buy X wear. I can't help it. Like X- I would. <laughs> <laughs> it would be at least a, a, a small part of my wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super good. Yes. Um, um, eventually, Emma gets overwhelmed by these things that she's receiving from this key. So she turns into her metal form. Excuse me, her diamond form, where she says like she doesn't. She doesn't really have any emotions or telepathic powers. Uh, she basically has just no compassion, just a cruel sense of humor and a cold, hard heart. Um, yep. And Beast comes in. I, this was kind of weird because like in a couple of days. He was just watching Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, he was just watching Star Wars, but now he's like, the girl died on the table. She lost too much blood. And I'm like, are you a clone? Like, what's happening yeah, right he's now? He's multitasking. Dark Beast, oh no. <laughs> oh God, it's too soon. Sure, man, no. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think this was just a mistake. You know, I, I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Unless yeah. he, like, finished watching Star Wars, then ran down, did some quick surgery. Or, like, like a surgery snack, and then... Or, or just up. or just finished the surgery, and then came back up, and, like, this is the time where he's, like, like he's just, he's re... He's just yeah. re-emphasizing the point, which is the way that you can probably look at it. Either way. Totally. I don't, I don't really care. It's just a weird moment. Like, they specifically drew the Star Wars joke, and then have this happen, so... Yeah, to decompress with some, uh, from, with some Empire real quick, and then... Yeah. yeah. Um... So the uh, we cut to, to bedtime. They're they're resting before they go and do this assault. Basically, um, the uh, and Cyclops is having his. Uh, this is extremely feels extremely real to me. Like he's having his little psychic phone call with Gene. Mm-hmm. as every night, like when you're traveling and you just call your girl. Yep. You know, before bed, mm-hmm. um, just to touch base. Um, and I, I really love. Uh, you know, she's like, uh, you know, hey, what's all this stuff? And he's just like, just download it for me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> Imagine the kind of trust that it would require to to like be married to a telepath dude it would be like it, can you imagine being a telepath and like not peeking <laughs> totally <laughs> like ha- not it's one thing to have the trust and it's another thing to like just not do it like the temptation the would be in every single argument or every single doubt like do, i could just find out like it's just like having access to someone's text messages or something yeah, um, yeah. it's 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 real real bad um yeah i just to point out like this this 
manifestation of of gene in this like pink kind of fiery thing that they've got going on this in this mm-hmm. image is really good like i, I yeah like this if, is awesome this, if this is the way my girlfriend appeared to me in my psychic communications <laughs> i would be way into it yeah yeah it's awesome <laughs> yeah unfortunately autumn just shows up as a talking horse <laughs> that, that made it <laughs> that made it sound like uh it was extremely hot or horny the, the, the way you said it, but people have never read the comic. It's just cool visuals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's You're just like, yeah, if my girlfriend cool. appeared yeah. this way. I'd be way into it. <laughs> like, no, it's it's just cool energy effects. Yeah, yeah. There's like, I mean, she, good special effects. She's got clothes going up to her neckline, right? Like she's she's yeah. good. It's not horny at all. Um, yeah, you can't even see that she has boobs. Like she's basically a statue. But um, if speaking of horny, uh, in the next page, uh, Cyclops is asleep, and when. Emma shows up with two glasses and a bottle of champagne and it's like, Hey, why don't you tell me more about this world of chastity? Yeah. Um, like, whoa. <laughs> you know. And obviously wear it like either a very small little black dress or a negligee of some kind. So yeah. Yep. Seducing Scott. Yes. Um, we cut over to this Zorn slash Zorn prison slash mutant farm uh, here, you know, and the, the U men are basically buying it. Like we'll have this place up as a, as an, a total organ farm. Um, in no time, we'll change the color scheme. We're going to redecorate, yes. you know, and Ao Yan basically doesn't care, but he's been kind of trying to warn, you know, a little bit to say like, you don't know, actually know what you're getting into with Zorn. Like he escaped at one point. It took all, like all of our men to try to subdue him. And my punishment, uh, for here, uh, you know, once I was actually my mutant suppression, uh, wore off, you know, so I, I got out as a mutant and that's why I'm here. Why would you ever want to be us? Yes. And sublimes there. He has fresh wings, uh, which we know where those wings came from. Uh, grafted onto his back and they don't I mean, look particularly like great like you could see like mm-hmm. some major scarring going on and some major stitches that were required to do this and and also like he just straight up admits like i'm my body is having trouble expect ex- ex- you know expecting excuse me accepting this and but one day i will be able to fly one day i will definitely fly um and they t- turn the they open the, the like Zorn's cage and find out that his helmet is already off and he is uh, just shining with this blue light. Yeah, he's going Nova, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh, yawning is just like you know his his star is old and sick as well. Um, you know, they're uh, they look at him, they're like, oh, he's going Supernova, and they left a note. This is a trap that the X Men have left. Yes, uh, which is great. Like we didn't see them do this. You know, I like the idea of the X Men being like ahead. You know, they leave a note that says, "Hey, we are the X Men." Boo. And then they assault with okay. uh, their their jets. So and who, wrote, missiles. who wrote the note uh, out of this boo? team? It's got to be Emma, right? Yeah, uh, Emma or Wolverine. I, I can see Wolverine doing the boo. Okay, you know, um, but yeah. Or and also, uh, you know, Domino basically said it earlier when she. Oh like, yeah, oh, Wolverine's going to get you. Ooh. Yeah, 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 it could be Domino. Uh, I couldn't remember yeah. if she actually showed up in this scene or not. But yeah, she definitely does. Um, yeah. And then the X Men attack. They're in the Blackbird. They send a bunch of missiles to like just destroy the outer rim of this. Like surprising, mm-hmm. um, even Wolverine, who's like, we can. This line is so good. Yeah, we yeah. can just do stuff like this now. <laughs> like what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Cyclops again. Like we just did. We'll see who complains, which I, I love. You know, and what are they going to do? Stop me? This is one of the pages, and uh, that I think like most takes advantage of this format too, because like the action is just really really cool in this one. Like mm-hmm. the Blackbird flying around, missiles like swirling through the air, like just the destruction in the background looks really really nice. Yeah, the the first thing with the Blackbird approaching with the missiles is a great yes great image. that one too. Yeah, that's super good. And uh, the U men start filing out, and it's time for a fight. Uh, and but before we go do that. Uh, Al Yun, like John Sublime, accuses Al Yun of betraying them, and he's like, "Of course I did. Like I, you took me to a super hedonistic party. 
I watched those two white mm-hmm. girls like kill each other in a, in a vat of oil. And now I'm going to die today. See you later. And then yep. uh, one of the U-men just cracks his neck from behind. Yep. 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 Um, and we are introduced to the uh, X-Men get in uh, at this point. Um, and they just see this blue light coming off of Zorn. Uh, and I love that they're one of the U-men is just watching, you know, and they just kind of talk for a second, mm-hmm. you know, because they're both confronted by this, this scary thing. There's a scene, actually, I started reading the um, the Infinity stuff, uh, the Hickman Avengers thing. And there's a scene very similar to this with um, uh, AIM, where they, they come down to like some kind of anomaly and AIM is investigating and the Avengers just walk up behind AIM and they just start talking about it because they're confronted by, you know, they're enemies, but they're confronted by something super crazy. Yeah. I really like um yep. so they they walk into zorn's room and see like this blue light and that one of the human is describing as an event horizon um mm-hmm. and emma quickly says like oh like his thoughts are there's nothing there they're just just there's just emptiness and yep. scott and says we like, know who has a helmet where you can't read his mind mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah uh and who do we you know never see without his helmet mm-hmm. uh, um, but Scott says basically like, Hey, like that's, that's not a machine and it's not a black hole. That's a person. And that's a person trying to commit suicide. Like we, it's up to yep. us to talk to talk him out of it. And I, I love this because like they've, they've positioned Scott as like, like this kind of harsh buck up his ass, stiff kind of dude. But like when it comes down to it, he's one of the most empathic members of this team, right? Like he, Oh he, yeah. And I, and yeah. like seeing that in action, seeing him like, Hey, like, download me some kung fu aka chinese or cantonese or whatever like and i will yeah. talk i will talk to this dude i will talk him off the ledge and it yep. works like it's and yeah. it actually like he says like you know the the line here is like think of this as basic principle basic physics terms like you just have to shed some of that gravity to come back to us like the the way that he's winning him over is just feels natural and true to scott's character yeah yeah it's it's very funny like it's it's a it's funny and it's great like i've said before this is my favorite scott summers like him as competent and respectable as opposed to just a joke. He was my preferred Scott Summers. Like I, I, we have a lot of fun goofing on Cyclops, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, but like, this is my favorite articulation. I like a Cyclops I can respect. Yes. You know, and, and this, this run is full of people, uh, trying to convince Cyclops specifically, but the X-Men in general to, to kill, you know, to, to abandon some of their principles. Um, and a lot of times the correct answer is not. It is taking this this kind of third way option, you know, mm-hmm. which later they talk about like, oh, this is the, you know, those are old Magneto and Xavier ways. You know, this is the the third way, the mutant way, um, because he's going to explode. Like they think they're going to die yes. if they don't kill him or get out of there. Um, I love this line where they're, you know, Domino's like, hey, in 60 seconds, we're all going to die. And Beast is like, don't worry, Scott's very good with the depressed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is funny and true and kind of sad because it's true. Yeah, right? totally. Like, like, like it's, yeah. The combination there is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and he talks Zorn down. Of course, knowing what we know, Zorn was never going to actually do this. Yes. Um, you know, and he basically says, says, you know, I could have built heaven on earth if they'd only let me. I could have, uh, I could have laid the foundations for paradise here on earth. Again, really in line with the twist. Yes. Um, and uh, Scott gives him the keys to his prison, like basically frees him. Mm-hmm. And this this next page is one of my favorites, too, because it's just Zorn standing in the kind of next to the wreckage of his prison with his 
with his helmet off, like the star as a as his head shining and just looking at the sunset. And I was like, wow, the the world seems so much smaller than I remembered because he's he's been yeah. so he's been in prison for so long. Like he's obviously he's been since a kid. And I just like it's just a beautiful image. Like the, that sunset in the background is really great. Really great coloring on this issue. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they basically question like, hey, was it a good idea to set Zorn free? And he's like, well, he's not free. He just joined the X Men. Yeah, you know, so he's going to be a reserve member. Um, we're going to, we're going to see him in the future. Uh, he's going to be incredibly instrumental to this, uh, this next arc. Yes. These next uh, couple arcs. Um, yeah. So that is, uh, that's the annual, which does a great job of introducing both, uh, this character who's very important and this villain. who's very mm-hmm. important. So. Um, and that's, that's the episode for today, folks. So thank you everybody yeah. for listening. Uh, if you're wondering how to support the show, the best way to do it is at patreon.com slash TV. And there's a lot of rewards for doing so. Uh, since we've relaunched, what could really help us out are new iTunes reviews to kind of boost us up in the, the charts or what have you. And uh, if you can't, don't have access to an iTunes account, that's fine. Just tell all of your X-Men friends about the show. Let them know that yep. we have, we have restarted and uh, yep. Yeah, if you should be able to go into Apple Podcasts and click on season two and get right to the comic books. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, next uh, episode will be starting. I think it's Imperial is the name of that arc. Yes, um, very excited for that. Uh, probably too. my favorite Shiar story. <laughs> like, I mean, why, I'm, I'm surprised the Grant Morrison didn't like fucking uh, you know make the Savage Land good. <laughs> so, <laughs> like what if? Uh, well, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon, and uh, until then, see you later. Good night. These are the tales of the Prince. Okay. All right. Cool. Chatting with somebody on the um Patreon who's considering uh patronizing us and the uh, one of the games they're thinking about suggesting is left for dead which i hope they do yeah that'd be fun i'd love to cover left for dead you know i've never really played that game at all it's good i um like when that came out like my access to that was a 360 version Mm. and i just like did not understand multiplayer stuff like i'd been out of video games for a while and i was like i don't want to play with people online that sounds terrible (laughs) just never and so just never bothered to play it it's uh it's surprisingly really good it's like it's very fun. It's it's not like an Overwatch kind of thing. Like you don't have powers or whatever. But yeah. the the team, like the tactics, the teamwork required is really special. But the characters still fuck, right? But oh, I you know no, it's not horny. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet somebody. Enough, like, I bet somebody has made Left for Bed porn, right? Oh, totally. But like Left for Bed, did you say the um? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I, I'm I'm sure people have, but it's way rarer than like most fandoms. Like it's it's really quaint. Like the the lady characters who are in it, like the the second game, the the lady uh, character you have. Like there's all kinds of just like horrible, shitty sexism and racism about it, as opposed to being horny. It's very quaint. Oh, you know, Gary, Gary, Uh-oh. I have oh, you found some stuff. I, I I don't know, man. I might be good. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> you gotta you gotta click the link. Uh, I'm gonna well, make you, you do know, it. I, I've never not clicked a link, so. <laughs> Um, oh no. Oh, what's is wrong with his face? <laughs> what is wrong with everybody's face in this oh. picture? <laughs> oh, live out all your sexiest desires. Desires. Uh, yeah. Uh, like he's got like arse face. He looks like a preacher. Yeah. And he's 
Uh, what it's is... very Silent Hill. This whole thing is very Silent Hill to me. And the background looks it's... like they have modded it to look like the Mushroom Kingdom, right? Yeah, they are definitely <laughs> the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> is this or the... Sonic? Is this the look aqu- at the ground? Oh, that the could ground be Sonic. Is like yeah, 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 yeah. I think that might be Sonic. This is like, is this the equivalent, the video game equivalent of like renting a nice house in LA to film your porn? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to the Sonic area to do machinima porn with Left 4 Dead characters. We're going to go to the casino level in Sonic. Yeah, we're we're going to rent the Green Hill Zone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not clicking uh, on any is... more links because I Googled Left 4 Dead horny. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that could have been honestly way worse. Like it wasn't somebody fucking like one of the monsters. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I was in zombie dick. Super, super, super worse. But uh, yeah. yeah.